And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Yeah, I am the punk sometimes. I like the rip on the punk. That's what we like to do. Hello, everyone. It is the Weighing In Podcast. And my man, Josh Thompson, is sitting there ready to go after a big workout, hot and sweaty. Trying to cool off. I'm not going to tell you how he's doing it, but he trust me, he's doing it. My balls What's are up? Hot. <laughs> my, my balls, balls are is hot. hot. Why are you Woo! taking off your pants, Josh? I had to, man. My balls is hot. Sweating my ass <laughs> off right now. I get this call. I get done with my workout. I get this call. Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I am just got done working out. Hey, we're supposed to film at 1. I'm like, Ugh. I didn't get the text yet because I was working out from 1130 to 1. And I look down. I'm like, ah, so I'll be home in five minutes. Get home. I'm like still sweating in the car. I'm trying to wipe my face with my shirt. Got my sweater. I'm wiping. Go ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand up. Nah, it's okay. Too much. <laughs> too much going on down there. <laughs> Got to keep the hands right here, baby. Got to keep you, them right here. Everyone, I just want you to know if you don't see Josh Thompson's hands throughout this podcast, there's something going on that we really oh, don't want to know man. about. Bro, my hands could be here all day. I know how to use my feet. Gosh, come on. Um. <laughs> uh, well, uh, maybe before we get started, though, hit that subscribe button, hit that little thumbs up and the and the uh, bell to get some notifications. We're dropping new content at every direction we possibly can. Sometimes today, sometime on Wednesday, sometimes on Thursdays. Depends. Depends on what we got going on. It all depends on what the MMA world brings to us that we want to talk about. So uh, I just want to let you guys know, drop, hit that subscribe button, hit that thumbs up and the, and the bell. Also... Uh, go to WayneInMerch.com, pick up some of our hoodies. It's almost out of hoodie season, right, John? I mean, it's, it's definitely out there. of hoodie season. It's well, not everybody. You know, hoodies are something you kind of can always wear year-round. Well, hoodies are what you wear in the gym, so you sweat a lot. That way you come oh. home and you take your pants off. Jesus, man. My balls are still hot. My balls are still hot. <laughs> Got a bunch of new uh, new designs that are out, short sleeve shirts and some hats. Oh, excuse me, and some hats. So um, check it out at WayneInMerch.com. John, there is a lot to talk about. There's a lot back and forth going on. Um, yes. You know, the talk with Johnny Eblen versus Alex Bohea and Izzy and Robert Whitaker and all that stuff. We could probably get into that a little bit. Also, talk about fighter pay. That's another thing that we're going to talk about a little bit. And, of course, the George Masvidal, the fight card. Damn, that thing is stacked. I got to be well, honest. It's pretty damn stacked. I'm pretty stoked for all the fighters are on that card, man. And Masvidal doing it right. Doing it right. Hopefully, hopefully he can make some money on that. Unlikely, but hopefully. Okay? <laughs> Unlikely. Unlikely, <laughs> but hopefully. Um, but where, where should we get started there, podcast, Dave? So I think we'll open with um, kind of recapping from the weekend, and then we'll hop into UFC 284. Um, I think it's yes. only right that we tie a knot on, or we tie a bow on um, on the big weekend and some additional okay. things that came out. So I know there was um, there was some comments around the pay, um, and then there's some comments around the... Um, the ratings for Bellator, uh-huh. um, and yeah. Josh, one that you had sent in the group that you specifically um, wanted to touch on was uh, Luke Thomas's tweet where he um, shows historical events on C- CBS and compares mm-hmm. the viewership, um, you know, in the millions to Bellator's barely one million. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll let you kind of go through that um, as you wanted to touch on it, and then um, talk about the fighter pay as well. Yeah, John, where do you want to like? Where do you want to talk on this? I like Luke. We've been on Luke's uh, show a couple times because Luke works for Showtime. Uh, you know, we work for Viacom more so, but also Showtime as well. Um, okay. <clears throat> well, my contract's with Viacom. I don't know what yours is with. 
I'm being honest. Yeah. I don't, I don't even I, know. You don't even know either. Huh? <laughs> I knew it. For some reason, I felt like I knew that. Um, yeah, well. But it really just comes down to when I looked at the numbers, like he says here, average viewership for MMA events on CBS, Elite XC, primetime, 4.8 million. Uh, I wish he would have put the years of this being done. I mean, obviously, Elite XC was back in like 2006, 2007 era, kind of around that era, 2008 was probably the peak of that whole thing was 2008, <clears throat> sometime around that time. Yeah. Elite XC unfinished business, 2.62. So see, they went from 4.85 to 2.62 million. Elite XC Heat went for, to 4.5 million. Um, and then you've got Strike Force Fedor versus Rogers, 4.04 million. Strike Force Nashville, 2.9 million. Uh, Bellator, 290, 928. Should go up a bit after last night's numbers. Uh, what you're gonna do is you're gonna see that's kind of the average. I heard it was nine. I heard it was nine hundred forty-eight thousand, not nine hundred twenty-eight thousand. But whatever, you're splitting hairs at the end of the day. Um, but let's. You have to put all this. And if you read into the comments of Luke Thomas, you even read down. Everyone's agreeing with me in terms of not just me, but a lot of people are talking. There's a different time frame in this. TV is nowhere near what it was. No. Nowhere near. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, the UFC was was crushing it back in, in days two when they first came onto Fox. Let me give you an example. Absolutely. That was when I fought. When I fought Benson Henderson, I think we fought in two, 2013 is when we fought. I think it was January of 2013. Um, we did 3.03 million. We're not hitting those numbers now. There's no. just no way. It's not even close. No. I mean, you and, and look, let's not even get into pay-per-view. Pay-per-view has been plummeting since... I mean, like Chuck Liddell days was was on its way down. That was pay per view dollar or n- n- uh, numbers. Now you're getting into live TV. Th- look at live TV is exactly where the music industry was when you had LimeWire and Napster and people mm. uploading stuff and stealing content. Until they get a grip on that, which that's I don't know how they're yeah. gonna. Oh, I don't. Everyone's leaning that's towards the, the question. apps. Yeah, how are you gonna get a grip on it? Everyone's leaning towards the apps. But I still have friends that'll send send links to other people and send them to me. Hey, you can get this, watch it on this thing. Even if I don't have the the app, you can still sometimes view it. And so they've got to find ways to reel this all in to get real numbers. I mean, because let's be honest, there I can't say what it was, and no one can say what it was over a million. Um, But I can guarantee you that there was a lot of streaming going on, a lot of streaming going on. But it also I'm gonna put. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go a little bit to the other direction. Is that everyone likes to call me a homer because I'm a Bellator guy, I'm a CBS guy, I'm a Viacom guy, whatever it is. There was a lot of mistakes made in promoting this fight. Okay, they had. They had. They had opportun- ample opportunities to promote the shit out of this fight, and they didn't do that either. And I look at some situations where you know you have the AFC Championship game because I'm a Chiefs fan. I didn't see one ad for Bellator on the AFC Championship game, and that yeah, sucks. When, not even a lower third. Not even which you, is going to be the ticker. The ticker that you see on the bottom. Yep. Um, you know, even just a flyer up and a quick, you know, ten second or you know, fifteen second blurb about, hey, Bellator this Saturday. Da, 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 hey, you know, Tony, man, you going to be watching Bellator this Saturday? Talk yeah. about some some. Yeah. Some blows being landed. That's going to be something to watch. Boom, done. Yeah, just something. like. And when we say the lower third, that means that little ticker that goes across the bottom says Bellator this Saturday, Fedor versus Bader. That's all. That's Not one. 60 million people watched the AFC Championship game. They watched You're my Bengals. You're giving a little bit more. It's only 53 it was, million. 
No, I heard they got. Well, I heard they peaked. I heard they peaked at sixty million. Do they have a peak at sixty? Yeah, yeah I believe so that's because that's the other thing. When when Luke says should go up a bit after latest numbers, what he means is that that is the average nine hundred twenty eight thousand. That yeah. means from nine to eleven, they averaged nine hundred twenty eight thousand people watching. So it was they, sometimes they a little had over lower, a million at a certain little, point, a little bit lower yeah. at a certain point. Yeah, that's and that's common. That's really common for uh for TV. You're going to find some people will watch some certain things at a certain time. They want to come in a little bit late, especially on live shows. Like not everyone wants to watch the opening fight. What fool didn't want to watch that opening fight because it was fantastic? Well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, a lot of people just come in. They tune in. They want to watch maybe the co-main and the main, and that's about it. Yeah. You know, that's, all boxing that's, fans. But they're, that, what they are, no, they're not boxing fans. They're <laughs> yeah. casual fans. Yes. They're casual fans. And that's what boxing fans are. Yeah. They're casual fans. Um. I, I don't. I, I wish there would have been a little bit more um, focus on the perspective of it, like why it was this way. Well, yeah. Look back with Elite XD when it says four point eight five million. Why is that? There was this guy named Kimbo Slice that was partly responsible for the growth of this channel called YouTube, mm-hmm. or this company called YouTube. They were they were in symbiotic relationship as far as. They both exploded over some backyard fights that Kimbo did, and Kimbo caught the imagination of people. They thought that he was the baddest thing there ever was, and this guy, you know, especially, you know, when they threw out the first one and he puts his hands down and says, hit me, and this guy hits him and he doesn't move, and it's like, yeah, that's just because that guy doesn't know how to fight, (laughs) but okay. You know, and it's like, all right, but, you know, it looks good, and people... They believed in it, and they believed in in uh, Kimbo and Elite XC. Look, at they based their whole company around a guy, and I love Kevin, so I'm not, I'm not putting him down in any way. That you know, he, you talk about a wonderful human being. Yes, Kevin Ferguson was awesome. I loved him, but he was not a good mixed martial artist. He didn't have the skill set to be a, a mixed martial artist. I worked out with him, and I can tell you. You know, look, he had he had one aspect that he could do, and past that, it was over. And gas tank wise, didn't have it. You know, and so you look and you go, but he brought eyeballs, and so they got big numbers. But again, numbers back then were way different than they are now. Twelve years later, you know, maybe fourteen years later, mm-hmm. it's a completely different atmosphere when it comes to TV and everything. Let's take a look at the UFC ratings for. UFC fight night with Spivak versus uh, Lewis. Give me the numbers. They're not real high. Yeah. I heard what they were, and it's like, I don't know if they're those numbers for sure, but, you know, you're not cracking over 300,000 views, and that's pretty bad when you're looking at it, but it's not. It's average for what it is, you know, especially in the time frame they did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I don't even want to get into that because there's a lot of reasons why they, they said they did it for during that yeah. time frame. And I believe them. Yeah. You do? Yeah. Okay. Look, you take a look at their card. Yeah. You take a look at the the people they had on that card, and a lot of it went to the Asian market. And mm-hmm. they're saying, hey, well, this was supposed to be in Asia when we were going to do it. It didn't work mm-hmm. out that way. We had to do it here, but we want the Asian market to watch it, and that's what we're really targeting here. And I don't even know what the Asian market, you know, did as far as maybe it did great numbers there. Yeah. I would imagine it did. It's normally on free TV over there. Yeah. So 
I would imagine they did pretty well. I mean, especially if they have, I don't even know who the young guys were, but some local, some, uh, not local, but some, some rising talent, some rising talent that people yeah. maybe have been following in the local, in the local scenes up until this moment and now following them on in the UFC. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I'm not going to sit here and well, I am going to actually sit here and I'm going to say that in Luke should have given a little bit more context of when, why these numbers are should not be compared in the same time frame. They're just not. They're not there's just no way. And you would think that you would think that there would have been a little bit more of that. That a more because there was people down below in the comments going, Bro, you have to put time frames on this. I mean, we're talking thirteen years ago, four point eight five million. That's right. Thir- thirteen years ago. Yeah. I mean, if you put the years next to those, Dave, do me a favor. Pull up what Elite XC prime time on CBS, what the date was of that show. I would think you were close to right. Somewhere around 2008, yeah. 2007, 2008, somewhere around there. Yeah. Seven, eight or eight, nine. Yeah. <clears throat> 2008, May 31st, 2008. Yeah. I mean, we're talking. Yeah, that's a long time. That's 15 years ago. Basically. We're 2023, 15 it's years close. ago. The TV industry is nowhere near that it's not it's not in this it's not in this realm anymore um you've got top level you know ncis la was just canceled that's on cbs that's with ll cool j chris o'donnell and all these other actors and actresses um that was just canceled and so um and they they were they were doing like the tv when they first started for the last they've been on air for 14 15 years because we were i was on that show recently was i and i was on that show back in the day um during the strike force elite xc day yeah. It was around 2008. That's the one I was on, not the one you were just on. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I was on one just recently that yeah. was going to come out on the next season. Then it got canceled. And now, then oh, I'm on, then I was the, on the old dude, one. Dude, there it is right there. It's the Josh Thompson curse. The, the Josh Thompson yeah, effect. Yeah, just, they brought you in yeah. and you squeezed the life out of them, I know, dude. I know, man. They, <laughs> the bottom line is they couldn't handle my star power. Oh, that must that's be it. Honest, that's, that's, you're exactly good, you're, it that's a good comeback. Um, I like that. It just, it's changed so much since 15 years ago. It's not anywhere near the same. The numbers are not the same. Uh, the the ability to market out to the youth is not the same. The, the TV industry is trying to find ways to get the youth more involved outside, like at home and in front of their TV, which they're not. They're out on their phone. They're out on their tablet. They're out in their car. Whatever it is, they're, they're watching it from. Yep. They're not watching it directly at home from the from the CBS CBS channel from their cable box. They're just not doing it from their direct TV satellite box. They're not watching it from there. They're out and about catching the one fight or the two fights they really care about and they're turning it off. This day and age, John, this is why the swipe right, swipe left or swipe up, swipe down thing is so uh is so relevant right now because the attention span of human beings right now is Six seconds, five seconds, <laughs> less than that sometimes. Oh, it's not what I want to watch. Swipe. Oh, it's not what I want to swipe. I mean, if you think right, um, uh, what was it called? What's the what's the dating app that used to be swipe right for yes? Tinder. I mean, it really kind of started with that. It started with oh, that's not what I like. Get rid of it. Okay. Oh, that's not what I like. Okay. Oh, I like <laughs> that. Swipe this way. They were kind of the first company, I believe, first app that really did the swipe left, swipe right. And um, that's what really kind of made them so popular. It was so easy for people to move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing. And then the the <clears throat> the social media platforms started seeing how effective that was. What are they doing that's getting people's attention? 
And this is how we came up with, you know, Instagram short stories turned into shorter stories. Then they started doing reels. Now reels is like reels is like literally a bunch of short clips all just put into a reel. Each clip is a literally like less than a second long. Boom, 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 boom. And then you get rid of it. Yeah. Um, this is where we're at right now in these days. I believe whether it was the UFC or whether it was um, whether it's Bellator this last weekend. If the UFC did say 400,000, okay. I believe they did probably way more than that. They probably did about 600, oh, maybe, maybe 650. I agree. Because tons totally of people, agree. tons yeah. of people were streaming it. Tons of people stayed up. I was watching of, it on my phone. Come on. There you go. You so, know, let's be honest. And then on top of that, then you've got, you know, with Bellator, with CBS, the 900. The, I mean, I got to be honest. I got a little concerned because the CBS didn't market it on the AFC championship game. They yeah. had a, they had marketed it on the show afterwards. I believe it was, um, I can't remember Fire, the name of the show. Firestorm or something like Firestorm that. Firestorm or something, which does about seven, eight million views, uh, on a regular basis. They, they marketed it on there, I think for one or two commercials. Then during the week, they kind of try to catch up. But there was, but right, right with what you're saying, this is where people are going to ask you the question, Josh. Well, if Firestorm can do 7 million views, why mm -hmm. isn't Bellator? Yeah. Well, I'll give you another example. Okay. When I scroll, when you scroll to the, because I DVR'd it because I want to go back and watch the fight outside of that so I can talk on it properly. Um, and I also want to look at myself for a couple of times. Uh, look, I got to be honest, guys. Come on. Let's, let's be, let's be <laughs> honest with each other. Um, I got to tell you, I don't do when that. I, <laughs> when I click on it, when I click on it, guess what it says? It says prelims. So uh, the CBS, CBS had marketed in the in the in the directory. Really it says prelims, and it listed the prelims that were on there. It didn't list Fedor Emelianenko versus Ryan Bader. It didn't list Johnny Eblen versus Tokov. It didn't list Sabahumasi versus uh, Brennan Ward. It said prelims, and then it had some prelim fights on there. That is what like if I'm if I'm looking at the directory, I'm like, okay, well, when's the main card? Oh, I'll go back. I'll go back when it's the main card. How many viewers did we lose because of that? Let's just say we lost a hundred thousand. Okay, I'm just throwing it out there. Let's say we lost a hundred thousand. Everyone's like, oh, I'll come back when it's not the prelims anymore. Well, that it only said prelims across the whole thing. So let's if I put this all in perspective, CBS. It's been a while since they put on a fight. I know they do football. I knew I know they, but that stuff that they do on a consistent basis, especially during the football season, there's a lot of money and revenue generated to that. So that's why they get it right. This is something that they're revisiting to see, and you could tell that everything wasn't firing on all cylinders. And they still they still almost did a million views. And I think they did at peak times. They did one one point two is what I heard around the one point two mark is what they did during peak times. The peak time. So if you get to one point two to one point three. That that's fantastic. Let's say it's one one. That's still fantastic. But this is how much the TV industry has changed. John is that when I fought Pablo Villaseca at San, Pablo Villaseca at San Jose State, we put that card together on four weeks notice, and that was on Spike TV. We did nine hundred ninety eight thousand, and it peaked. At, that was the average, but it peaked at one point three. Well, my contract stated that I got a bonus if we went over a million. So I was literally like. What twenty thousand fucking views away from getting my bonus? I was no, so you mad. were two thousand if you said nine hundred. Oh, sorry, not yeah, no, sorry, you're right. Yeah, so nine hundred ninety-eight thousand. I was two thousand people away from getting my damn bonus. <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad. You just so, just call up call up two thousand friends. Say, oh, turn man. on your TV. Turn it on, buddy. Turn <laughs> it on. Um, 
But that was that literally was like in tw- 2018, I believe it was early December. It was either December. No, or no, no. 20, 2016, 2017. So 2016, 2016. So it was December of 2016. It was right before Christmas. Yeah. And that was it, man. <laughs> um, December of 2016. 15. Mm, 15. Oh, 15. Wow. Damn, 15. Damn. Mold. Ooh, you um. Are. But that's how much just in the last what what is that fifteen three? Damn, you that? didn't fight from years? December of twenty fifteen. Two years. Yeah, but I fought two times. I fought fought Bronzulus and Pablo Villaseca. Yeah, I know. Wait, what was the two years? Well, Between from Petriki. Pablo Villaseca into Patricky, it's actually not. It's, it's a year. It just and a looks month. like it's a year and a couple months. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, because yeah, I fought twice in uh, Super Bowl back to back, September nineteen, and then December. Of uh, 14. Uh, let me see what else. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I just wanted to get anyways, but it was, uh, that that's how much that's only been what pushing up on eight years now. Correct. I mean, seven kind of seven years. Yep. That's how much it's changed since then. We did almost a million then. And that was on regular spike TV. And I like to be honest with myself. I was, I'm nowhere. I was never nowhere near the draw that Fedor Bader, uh, you know, and Eblen and Tokov should have been, you know, and then with Brennan Ward and Hamasi, let's be honest, you know, and I was the main event for that car. So I was the main draw and we still did 980 something, 998,000. So that lets you know how much the TV industry has changed. You have to, you have to be honest. I look at myself and I look at what was on that card and that should tell you directly how much the TV industry has changed right there. Yeah, there's no doubt. Everything's, but eventually... It'll level itself out. I don't know when, and I don't know how, but you know this, that's why when you know I don't I'm not going to get into it. But you you look at some of the ratings and stuff, and this is where it really depends on what you're up against, and then what was before you. How many people were watching? How many yeah. more tuned in? How many dropped off? That's how they really look at it now. It's not so much the exact number, but yeah, it is what it is. I look at it, and for the people that got to watch, they got to watch some really good fights. You know, I was sitting here talking with Podcast Dave, waiting for you to fucking take your pants off. Mm. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're the one fucking taking them off. Uh, but we were, you know, we were talking, and, he, and we were talking about, you know, production wise and what he saw because he's pretty critical about everything and stuff, and he liked some <laughs> of the things that Bellator uh, did, and, and there were other elements he thinks they they were lacking, and so it's good to hear those things. I look at it, though, too, is that this was the first show back. Let's see. When was the last one? The last CBS show was Nashville. What, what, look up that date. Oh, my God. That, that was... had to have been, what, 2010? Mm, 2010? Might have been a little bit later than that. <clears throat> 2011? It was around 2010, I think. Anyways, but <clears throat> but that show did 2 million, 2.09 million or something like that. Almost, no, almost, almost 3 million. 20 what? 2010. April yeah. April 17, 2010. Damn, that was a long time ago. That I, was only much, did, I was much younger then. That only did 2 million. Yeah. And Almost three, I thought. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, I think so. It's like 2.9. But if you look at, or look back at that date, and that was a long time ago, but it still didn't do, it just bid, bid barely over 2 point, okay, almost 2. 3 million, 9. so 2.9 million. That was the um, one that but, ended it all. Yeah, but that was. I, I look at CBS with Gus Johnson saying, "This just happens in MMA." Yeah, no, no, it doesn't. 
But John, it's been since 2010. It's been 13 years since CBS has put on a fight, a fight, basically their own MMA show, and they own the Viacom owns Bellator. I, I sometimes wonder if they know that. Oh, they know. You, know, you have they have top executives. They, they bought this company. No they own this company, and I think for for CBS to come in, we did basically. I think there was peaks of over a million, and they it came in at nine hundred nine hundred twenty eight thousand on the average across from nine to eleven o'clock. There was a lot of things that a lot of mistakes that were made on the CBS side. You know, going into the fight during fight week, all that stuff. But there was also a lot of things that just could have been done. Like I said, the the uh, the guide when it says prelims and it didn't show the main card. Those are those type of things that that could be fixed, that could make this a lot better. So if with with a little bit of advertisement at the at the AFC Championship game, with a little bit more advertisement maybe during the week, uh, a little bit more eyeballs on it in terms of media, trying to get more, uh, bring in more media sources to to help cover the event. Um, you know, I think all those things, at least that we know that that's not the max it could be. It could have been higher had there been a little bit more. Um, it had been done a little bit better, I guess, you know, and a couple of mistakes were made here and there. But like I said, it's the, they're getting back into the groove of owning an, an MMA fight company. I don't, I don't think they're even, I don't think they're getting back into the groove of owning anything. I think they're getting back into, all right, let's take a look and see what this does. I think it's all experimental, honestly, for them, because if it does a good number, you'll see another one. If it does a number that they're happy with, then it'll happen. If it, that number is something they're not happy with. It won't happen. Because right now, all of them. You know, I, I have a, my brother-in-law works for CBS. He's a graphic artist, designer, does all kinds of stuff. Does things for the Super Bowl when they have it. Does things for the AFC Championship. He had just gotten done with it, and he said, "He goes, I don't care what show it is. He goes right now. He goes all major channels are losing money." He goes, CBS has the number one, number two, number three TV shows. He goes, and based upon advertising dollars, they're losing money. He goes, they got to figure out what to do because you can't continue on in business that way. He goes, so it doesn't matter so much as far as views. It matters when they can put advertising into places and get those advertising dollars because if they don't, whole thing collapses well do you remember when actors and actresses used to like fall off if they had like one bad movie oh yeah but now if you go on netflix and hulu and amazon prime you see top level actors having just shitty movies but they're just they're they're just making like okay you get you get paid 10 million or 15 million or 18 million or let me just put out a bunch of movies making 18 to 25 million and i'll make my Two three hundred million instead of having so much pressure on it for it to be a box office hit, it goes straight to Netflix. How a handful of people see it, but Netflix plays for it, for mm -hmm. it to be on its platform. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk right now with uh, Netflix uh, purchasing Cain Velasquez's documentary done by Jim Brown, and the numbers are looking good. But then also too, you reach out to Amazon; they're willing to do it too. And there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that needs to be put together on that thing. Like there's still a lot more content that they need to pick up and like things like that. So well, that that story's not over. So, oh, there's a whole lot left. Yeah, there's that story's not over. But I mean, that lets you know that they are willing these 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 platforms, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, you know, HBO Max, whatever it is, they're all willing to spend money, mm -hmm. which takes away from the actual TV on your cable box. 
you know, or on your dish, in your, just your normal everyday channel, CBS, Fox, you know, all those other channels. So these numbers are not as, I know we've rambled on long enough about this. Um, yeah. These numbers are not um, accurate as much as we would like them to be. I know there's a, a lot of streamers that are out there that have taken some of the numbers, uh, but I even looked at the number at nine, 928,000. I honestly, to be honest, with the way that people stream stuff these days and the way they watch from their phone, the way they watch from their iPad, the way they watch from their computer, I was expecting to be about, I said 750. So it outpunted the coverage for me. I was hoping, I was hoping I said for it to be two, three, but I knew it was not going to be two, three. And I talked to people and I was like, man, I'm hoping for 750 minimum. And for it to be close to a million and peaked over a million, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. And then what you do is you use this opportunity to build on, you know, more. Look, if you're an MMA fan, it doesn't matter whether you're a Bellator fan, a UFC fan, whatever. You should ex you should be excited that there's more content being promoted on live on live TV. Free on, TV. On free live TV, yeah. Well, That's look, 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 every, every UFC I watch, which I watch them all, <clears throat> I pay for. Yeah. I pay ESPN Plus because... If it's just an average show, it's on ESPN Plus, so I have to pay for that. If it's a pay-per-view, I pay for that. So to watch MMA with the UFC, I'm paying for every damn show that I freaking watch, even when it's not a pay-per-view one. You know, at least with the PFL, I don't have to pay. And at least with one right now, I don't have to pay. And with Bellator, I don't have to pay. So, you know, nothing, you know, nothing against the UFC. This is, you know, they're... They're the bread and butter, and they're the big dog on the on the uh, block here. But it's nice to have content that I don't have to pay for, also. So, yeah. Now let's get into the like another thing with numbers, which is fighter pay. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I think MMA Junkie posted it, Dave, and it is the a picture of Ryan Bader and Fedor Emelianenko. Yep, and yeah. And so right from there, and I did watch a little, uh, like, expert of uh, a little clip it of um, of Ariel Hawani. And he was talking about the breakdown of, you know, that there's no way that these guys made that. And finally, I, Ariel, Ariel and I can agree on something. And I said this publicly. Ryan Bader is set to make 150000 Fader Fader makes 100000 that is like the Fader thing. Like I can understand how people maybe thought maybe Ryan made, you know, 150. Cause you go back maybe at some of his old, no, I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe cause if you go back at some of the old UFC numbers, right. And you're like, mm -hmm. Oh, well he, he made this. Well, I can just tell you he's not making that. And, but the, the biggest one to me was Fedor. There is no way, no way that guy's not getting out of bed. That's to even for stretch 000. for a hundred thousand dollars. That's right. He's not getting out of bed to stretch for a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. He does. It just doesn't buy. Like he was at peace to walk away. He was on his last fight of his contract. He made a ton of money. And when people say, "Oh, well," because <clears throat> if you read my comment there, David, it's, it's right there. Can you read it? How long is that thing? Um, Jesus. It says. You have, time, you have a hard time pronouncing words. There it is. <laughs> Do you want, it? you want me to let me read it okay. says people. This is not anywhere near what they make. I've done this several times in several promotions. It says I only I, I meant to say I only allow you to see what I want you to see and what I'm able to disclose a portion of their purse to the commission that later is public record. 
I was making close to seven figures, but only disclosed 10 to 15K to the commission. These numbers aren't anywhere near what they made, and the media knows this, which is crazy that the media actually continues to fo- continues to put this out, like as if this is what they really made. Well, hold on. Hold on. Let's, let's give the media some credit here. Is the media puts out, you know, things. The California State Athletic Commission puts these numbers out because that's the check mm-hmm. that they hand to the fighter. Yeah. And so the California State Athletic Commission has done this several times in putting these numbers out. But why do they put these numbers out, Josh? I don't know. They put them out because they want people to talk about fighter pay because they believe knowing knowing that the fighters are making more money than that but they believe that it's good that people complain about fighter pay because they think fighters should make more money and they want them to make more money now the big Who's thing is the, me- the media the media you're saying the media puts these out because the they want them to make puts more money it out. commission puts it out to the media and the media puts it you know onto their websites as far as what they were handed as a check the real thing is this if if you are a dentist working in the city of Kansas City, we'll say, or you're a doctor in the city of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Is it anyone's business how much you make? If you're a police officer or a teacher, is it really anyone's business? Do you want people to know how much money you make? Most people do not want their neighbor knowing how much they make. So why is it that fighters should be in the position that everyone should know how much money they make. It's just, it. it's not part of the equation of it's, there are things in here that you're going to know about the fighter. You're going to know what the fighter's weight is. Okay. Girls have to stand on a scale in front of everyone and weigh in, which we would normally would say is, oh, you don't ask a woman her weight, right? It's just not right. It's not, you know, it's not common courtesy, but it's information you get. But to sit there and say that a fighter has to tell you what they're making is not right. And there's a lot of things behind it in why it's not right for them to tell you. There's people that come at, you know, come at fighters to, you know, they want money for things, family members, all these things. You just take a look and all I can tell you is, you know, back in 2008 when Fader fought for affliction, he had two checks Okay. <laughs> one was for $150,000 with the commission and one was at, you know, basically $2.8 million because his total pay was $3 million. Mm-hmm. And that's what he made for that event, knocking out Tim Sylvia. Okay. Do you think he's making less now? No. <laughs> Come on guys. You know, it's just, it's stupid. Ryan Bader everybody and, and just to put it out there the ufc does this too you know they do it they yeah. the ufc does it in a different way they'll give you what your contract is and then they'll be selective and they'll hand out bonuses sometimes you know you hear about the fifty thousand dollar bonus they'll hand that out but they'll also hand out other ones you know this mm-hmm. yep. there are bonuses you know the envelope comes in the back and they give you know a fighter a bonus and hey mm-hmm. again i don't blame the UFC for not telling people about those things. That's their business and they're running their business. And some of it is set up in the fighter's contract, but you can take a look and, and know this, 
you have not you have not heard of one, not one fighter that came from the UFC to Bellator or the PFL who has said I'm making less money. They're not. They're not because Bellator and the U and the PFL have to pay yep. more money. They have to because if I can sit there and fight in any organization and it's the same amount of money, well then yeah, I'll I'll stay with the UFC, but when the PFL or the or Bellator pays them a lot more money. Corey Anderson came out and told people what he was. You know, he's being honest, and when he's saying it, is look, I have now been able to buy my my wife a home. I have paid off my bills. I have been able to do this thanks to Bellator. Mm -hmm. It's not thanks to the UFC and what he was making then, because he made a lot more money making that jump. And you know, good for him. God bless him. Ryan Bader, same thing. Ryan Bader is making. Great money. And he deserves it. He deserves it. But he doesn't deserve the fact that people have to know what he's making. Yeah. So I'll give you guys a little bit more insight of this. Go ahead. Is why the UFC does this. Why the UFC does it. I did it for personal reasons. Because I had never made that much money in my life. And I didn't want people coming out of the woodwork. Fucking all of a sudden. Oh, you know, Josh I would have too, this. dude. I'd have been asking you for some fucking money. But <laughs> it's true, man. Look, I live in the Bay Area and the pe people are not always your friends. No. You know, in, in California and in the Bay Area, you don't have you think you have friends, but you don't normally really have real friends. And so you have to be very cautious about who you who your circle, who you allow into your circle. And once they start, when it becomes public record that you've made this much money, all of a sudden that they phone, your phone starts ringing. Hey, let's go play golf. Hey, let's go do this. Hey, let's go do that. That's not that's not who I am. That's never who I ha have been. That's that's why I never traveled an entourage. I never wanted to have a lot of people with me. I always went to my fights, just me and my managers and my training partner, whoever was there to help me train. But <clears throat> I was also part of the, the management team of Dwayne Zink and Bob Cook, who managed Phil Davis, Forrest Griffin, Rashad Evans, um, Chuck Liddell. I mean, we've had guys, Josh Koscheck, Mike Swick, you know, John Fitch, all these guys over the years. Dale Cormier, Kane Velasquez. They managed all of them. Here is the reason why the UFC shows you that original check. And when they contract, when the contract negotiations happen, like uh, Francis Ngannou, they want to show him on contract only making four hundred or five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Because if anyone ever comes along, like a Tom Aspinall, and just starts starching people. And knocking them out. And they come and say, I want to make this. I, I deserve a million dollars. No, you don't. Of, Take a look at what our champ makes. Exactly. Because Chuck Liddell, they used it on Chuck Liddell for the longest time. Chuck Liddell was making $250,000. And it showed on the stub. And it was released to the commission. Fighters that came after him. Or fighters that were kind of coming along. Rashad Evans and other fighters. Yeah. They would say, I want to make 500000 I want to make 750000 Why would I pay you that when the champ... Chuck Liddell is making two fifty, but that's not what Chuck was making. That's not what Chuck was making, you guys. <laughs> no. So nope. as a promotion, that's the way that they—that's the reason why they show you that they're making this much money. That's not really what those fighters are making. Nope. They're not. I mean, like, let's. My fights when I fought uh, when I fought uh, Benson, I fought. I made a. I made a bonus, especially after the Nate fight. I made a huge bonus for the Nate fight. Sorry for the phone interruption. Let me just shut this down. I apologize. <laughs> This is what happens when you're a very, very popular person. When I when I fought Nate Diaz, I made a big bonus. I also got a bonus when I got home. 
And and I got I got several other little checks along the way too between two fights. Then I fought Benson. Okay, if I didn't go my way, but I still got a really big bonus when I got home. Plus I got a bonus in the back room. I it just there's more money to be had there than people think. And uh plus there were sponsors back then. I made a killing in sponsors for the Benson fight. I just <laughs> crushed it in sponsors. But this is this is why First off, it's no one's business what None. what what these fighters make. It's oh. no one's. And to touch on what Ariel said, I don't even know why the media does this because they're fake. And they know they're fake. So you're basically know that you're promoting fake news. You're putting out that's something true. you know is just not, not true. It's not true. Yeah. And so that's but you've the been told it. Thing. So you can put it out. You can. But, you, but when you know it's not true, why you would you know do that? know it's not true. Because I think they do it because some fighters, they really are making what is listed. Sure. And some the lower, fighters. The lower category the fighters lower are. lower category fighters are. And so, um, but there's just no way that the, the fighters are making this amount. Now, someone also said, yeah, but then, then, so you're basically admitting to committing uh, tax evasion. No, 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 no. no. You I get, still you, have to claim You're going to get this. a damn W-2. Yeah, exactly for the whole amount. Do you yeah. think the UFC and do you think that CBS, you think uh, that that Showtime is going to let yeah. you get away? They have to write all that cash off they gave you. Yeah. They ha- they're going to send oh. you a 1099. They're going to yeah, send absolutely. you Absolutely. They're not going to miss anything. If anything, you got to check and see if they didn't add anything on there. <laughs> so, yeah. They don't they don't miss one dime that they give yeah. to you. No, they don't. No. Yeah. I mean, I've lit- I've literally I had it written down all in my books. And they came up a little bit heavy, and thankfully I kept it in. But then I, I had to go back after them and tell them, "Hey, no, no, you guys are you got my ten nine off," and they were off, luckily, because I keep very good books. And so they luckily went back and they had, they had to cut me. Uh, they basically had to send me another ten ninety nine with a lower with a lower percentage or a lower uh, number. Number. And um, yeah, so look. You guys, the reason why they do this, fighters do this, is they don't want you guys knowing, and there's a there's a reason for that. Because See, that's part coming out of the woodwork. But it's part of the reason I'm going to go to the other end, and I've done it too many times. People have asked, you know, what do officials make? Oh, you're making, it. and I've always been honest, and I've given you the exact numbers of what officials make. Mm-hmm. And every time I do, people go, "Oh, you're full of shit. You're lying, right?" And it's like, no, that's the real number. Yeah, because it's, it's just not a money maker. Now, when I went to foreign countries and did things, I got to save my own price. Whenever I worked. In North America, under a commission, man. Sometimes I worked for you know five hundred dollars. Sometimes I worked for fifteen hundred dollars, but that was about it. Two thousand was the most. Jesus, that's trash. It is. It is reality. No so that hundred fifty, hundred, I would have taken those. No one arrest them. <laughs> Fucking do a good job. They get paid shit. That's it. I see. So you can't <laughs> complain. Oh man. <clears throat> um. But that's our take on that. But look, now we're going to jump into UFC 284, the pay-per-view this weekend. And of course, my longtime friend and my man, Islam Makachev, is going to be defending his title against Alexander Volkanovsky. John, you've had Boy, this some, re- some records there, 23-1 and one and 25-1. and one. You, God you've had, damn. You've had this epiphany all of a sudden, and you really believe that Alex Volkanovsky is going to win this fight. No, are just you just not, pulling my leg? I just had to, to get, fuck. I just had to fuck with you okay. for a while. <laughs> so was, I, I, was, I was. I figured I was going to do it on the show, and then everyone would go, "Well, you said." I go, "I can't do it." So I told Pos- to Podcast Dave what I was going to do, just to fuck with you for a while. But yeah, 
Nah, the truth is, you know, I look at this fight and I love Alexander Volkanovsky. I think he's a tremendous fighter. And, and everyone's going to talk about all the things that he's been saying about the people, you know, that he's trading with and they can't take him down and he's so much stronger now and all these things, Josh. And I'm not saying he's not stronger, but what percentage of stronger are you? It can't be that much. All right. It's not enough to make up the difference because there is a huge difference when it comes to the grappling of both of these guys. And, and I'm taking nothing away from Alexander. He's good, but he's not great in those areas where Islam is great in those areas. And when you have someone like Islam who physically is bigger, he is physically stronger, no matter what anyone wants to say about, oh, Volkanovsky's gotten stronger and bigger and all that stuff. Putting on that 10 pounds is not going to change that. It just doesn't happen that way. So I have a bigger, stronger fighter who has got a clear advantage when in his strength of taking someone to the ground, controlling their body, making them work. And now Volkanovsky, I don't think he's going to get tired. I, I don't. I don't think he's going to get tired, but I think that as as the tide is starting to come in, he's going to find that he's getting deeper and deeper into a water that he he's having he's having to work harder within to just survive that. And it's just it's just styles of fights and the way they are. Look, I could be wrong, but I don't honestly. If he got if he gets out of the third round of this fight, he's he's a winner. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I want to say that this it, this fight kind of scares me for Islam. And, and, and well, it, scare, it scares me. I'm not saying so. that Islam can't lose. Anyone can lose in a fight. Yeah. But I would be I would be really surprised if this fight doesn't end with, you know, a quick knockout either way, which I would be surprised with anyways. The fight goes towards Islam. Yeah. I would agree with you 100%. I I said this, what, a month ago. Yeah. I didn't see Volk getting out of the third round. I said maybe even like maybe even pushing to get out of the second round would be hard Might. for him. Um, but I believe Volkanovsky will have a great game plan in that first round. And I also think that Islam's going to fight composed. He's going to wait for the fight to develop in front of him. He's not going to chase after him. He can't afford to chase after him. Because if he leaves himself open with Volkanovsky's speed and accuracy on his striking... He's gonna. He could end up getting caught. I don't see that happening. I see him but taking the, the center of the cage. John. The length is gonna cause a problem for Volkanovski too, because there is mm -hmm. a sizable difference. Yeah. In the length of both of these guys, there is. And so Volkanovski's got to be the guy that crushes that space and comes inside to land his shots. Makachev is not. Yeah. No, I agree. But I think Volk. I think uh, Islam's gonna take the center of the cage. And he's going to let Volk kind of bounce around on the outside. And as he gets close enough and he lunges in, he's going to try to grab him and foot sweep him, take him down. I don't see him trying to shoot to the legs. I don't see that. I think he'll try to throw knees up the middle. He'll try to, and if he gets taken down, he knows that he knows that Volk's not going to come on top. He knows that. Volkanovski in no way is going to, if, if Islam throws a head kick and flips and falls, Volkanovski's not jumping on top of him. No. And if, you know, and if he throws a flying knee and knocks off balance and falls to a butt, Volkanovski's not going to jump on and try and land a shot or two. He's going to back away. So there's no threat there. Yep. Now, I know that I we always talk about that I don't want to do MMA math. But I'm going to give a little bit of this, is that Islam Makachev is a better grappler than T-City. 
And T-City had him close to tapped twice. Didn't get it, but it was very close. Both in the same round. The guillotine and the triangle. Almost had him. Islam will put himself there. Easily. If he gets, if this fight hits the ground. It was almost like when you guys go back and you watch the Habib fight with Justin Gaethje. Once he got him to the ground, he had mount. He just stepped over the leg and pulled guard or pulled triangle on him. Yeah. Like, you don't see guys doing that against world-class fighters, number one, number two guys. You don't see that. And I've said this before. Islam is the better grappler if I take Khabib and I take Islam. He's the better grappler. And so when I put Volkanovsky, doesn't matter how strong he is. I get no. concerned about, I, I know, I get concerned about the speed, though. But once once he realized, Islam already knows there's no submission threat. Nope. The knockout threat is there only because of the speed. But you mm -hmm. got to jump in and jump out before I can get my hands on you. And so I just got to be patient. Let the fight develop in front of me. You're eventually going to make a mistake and get too close to me. And when she, once we hit the ground, it's over. I don't see him getting up after they hit the ground. I say I could see him sticking and moving and staying on the outside for the first round because Islam's going to be patient. He's going to he's going to have to be patient. He doesn't want to get teed up with something and start looking. And then it could be a snowball effect. You get rocked. And Volkanovsky is a finisher. He's someone that will jump on you and he can get after you. And it could be it could be over quick like that. If he's able to rock you and drop you or whatever. But I like how you're trying to, to be so even keeled in this. Because uh, again, I am a huge Volkanovsky fan. He he's got a very limited amount of time to get that knockout. Yeah. The longer this fight goes, Josh, the more it's going towards Makashev. But John, there is no pressure on Alexander Volkanovsky. None. He's supposed to lose. He's the smaller guy. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree and with so that. That's, all that's the a good pressure, thing. All the pressure is on Islam. Uh -uh. All the pressure was on no. Islam to win the title no. when he no. fought. Yes. For there, Habib, there I'm telling for you, yes. dad. And here... It's only pressure that he allows to actually affect him. No, John, that's Come on. BS. What are you talking about? He's got what? What pressure? He's got. He's got to defend his belt. He's got to defend his belt, anyways. I agree, but the the pressure is is that you now you're fighting a guy that you've called a little person, and and like if you lose <laughs> to him, if you lose to him, what does that say? That means you lost to a little person. I get it, but that's not what he's. That's <laughs> that's the pressure. The pressure is right there. You lost to the 145 pounder. I mean, let's be honest. Bellator got rid of Michael Chen or let him go because he lost to Patricio. How can I market that we have the best 55 pound in the world when he lost to our 45 pound champ? I agree. That, that so that is a very similar situation right here. Well, it could be. Yeah, I mean, it could. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But the pressure, the pressure was on Michael Chandler to beat Patricio, and the pressure is on Islam to beat Volkanovski because they're the smaller fighters. All right, I'll agree with you on that. All right, um, but. It will, I think when it does when it does hit the ground, I don't know if Alex can be able to get up. But I think in that first round, Islam's gonna take his time, he's not gonna rush, and he's gonna wait for Volk to make a mistake. Because you last thing you want, and I said this before the Charles fight, the last thing you want is for him to be able to get attached, get a hold of your Akimura position, get a hold of your arm being above your head, because that side choke. And if he gets to your back. Those three things, he's just good. Well, Islam is so good in those positions. And he's good at X-Guard sweeping you and getting back to the top position. So if he does slip and fall and you think you're going to jump on him, 
he'll hook inside the leg. He'll go X guard. He'll just sit up with you because he's so strong and controlling that leg. And then yeah. he gets to the top position, passes your guard, mounts you, and then he just beats you down or he gives, gets the submission, the side choke. It's very similar to what you saw against Charles. And for people, Volkanovski is great. He's great fantastic. on the feet, speed, cardio, fucking mindset. Hello, mindset that's like the fantastic. number one thing yep. with him. He's the guy that's out punted the coverage his whole life. Being a small guy, I know he was 230, 220, 230 on the rugby team, well, he's, he's, but just dude, he's running only dudes lost. over. That one loss, 25 and one, mm-hmm. you know what weight class it was in? 185, right? 185. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I'm surprised I remember that. Yeah. So... It's it's I feel like the pressure is on Islam and the other thing too is not having Habib there. Not having him there in the corner. I wonder how much that's gonna affect him. I think maturity wise, he knows. He knows. That's your brother, man. That's the guy you've you've grown up with him with you every single time. How much did it affect Usman in his fight? I don't Nope. I, I no no. How much I did it want... affect Umar in his fight? Let me ask you this. Yeah. No, no, let me ask you this, John. The relationship is not the same. Even though they're cousins. Yeah. I, they're all brothers. They're all yeah, close. They're I understand all, I what you're it. saying. But this it, is Islam, like, Islam is more like a brother with Habib. There's no doubt. Life, there's a life. It's a life, um, everyday friendship, training. Yeah. Lifelong friendship. It's another. And I get it. I mean, I'm not trying to say that the, Usman and Umar are not close to Habib. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that this is like his dad's. It was his dad's number one student outside of him. And there's that mutual, like, this is my brother. I have to make sure I do as much as I possibly can for him. He helped him get the title. He helped him get to that, you know, get to that level. He's there now. But this will be his first fight without without Habib, you know, and um, since his dad's passed. So I think this is going to be, it's a lot of pressure, I think, Islam's dealing with in terms of the the, the size of Volkanovski, not having Habib in the corner. Um, I want to know who's in the corner, though. Is it going to be Umar? I know, I know it's not Usman because Usman's out here. Yep. I think I think Umar's in San Jose also, so yep. I wonder who's cornering him. Maybe I know, I know Javier is. Yeah. Maybe Abu Baka. That would make sense. You know, but there's there's a lot to be there, there's a lot of changes and that's hard to deal with sometimes. You know, one time I had on a fight. But who's he been in camp with? I don't know. He's been well, in that's, that, he's, that's the whole yeah. point. I know he's been yeah. in camp with Javier. Uh-huh. I don't know the other guy, but whoever he's been in camp with, those are the guys he's going to be going with. Mm-hmm. And you've changed that up. Everyone does at a certain point. And it's like, he knows. I, I just look at it like, yes, it's a big fight. Yes, it would be better if Habib was there. But he's a grown man. He's done yep. it too many times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. We will see. So what do you, what do you rate in this card? Let's talk about that real quick. What are you rating this card on the, uh, on the level? You know, when you sit there and you say rating the card, I love the first, you know, the the last two fights. Look, yeah. you, it doesn't get any better than Islam against mm-hmm. Volkanovski. That's fantastic. Yari Rodriguez against Josh mm-hmm. Emmett. That's a great featherweight yes. fight. You know, I love it. Jack uh, Maddalena against Randy Brown is a good fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, then you go into I'm not, nothing against Justin Taffa. He swings for the fences. He's tough. Same with Parker Porter. I like mm-hmm. him as a fighter. Fun but fight. you're not talking about, you know, two of the top yeah. guys. 
in the I don't even think either guy's is either guy ranked in the heavyweights. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, so it's all right. Jimmy Crutes from the area. Understand why he's fighting. I love Alonzo Minifield mm-hmm. and uh, the power of Minifield and the way he's been fighting lately. It's great. Tyson Pedro from the area. I think he's got a ton of talent. He can be really good. You know, and he just needs to fight more. Mm-hmm. You know, and the guy he's fighting in uh, I want I'll screw it up. Bukakis, I want to say. Is Bukoskis. Yeah. Bukoskis. Uh, yeah. He's talented. But you look at the rest of the card, it's, it's not bad, but it's nothing special. But you've got to give it to, you know, looking at those top two fights. Mm-hmm. It's worth the whole thing. Yeah. I, moving off the main event, though, I mean, I, I got to be honest, man. That Josh Emma fight and Yair Rodriguez fight is a fantastic fight. Yep. You we're gonna see if Josh can take the damage from Yair because Yair is slick, he's smooth, he doesn't get hit. Um, he yeah, but, finds ways to what attack his opponent. Is the blueprint to beat Yair Rodriguez? Wrestle him. Hello. But so the question is: Does Josh Emmett stay with what has been his priority game plan? For the last how many fights? That's to stand up and throw big shots and knock people out. Because if he goes after that game plan, he's going to lose this fight. I just don't think he's got the wrestling. I know he's a great wrestler. I don't think Yair's gotten so much better at defending the takedowns mm-hmm. that he's not just going to flop to his back anymore. Oh, I don't think he's going to flop to his back. But it's not the Frankie Edgar Yair day. This <laughs> no, is no, not it's that. not. That's it's Yair's not. way different, way better yeah. since then. He is way better. He's gotten way better. But if you're going to look at the style matchup in the stand-up between these two guys, you're you're freaking you're a guy with an AR-15. If you're Josh Emmett, you can you can definitely hurt and damage people. Going up against an Abrams that's got so many goddamn weapons. So many weapons to put you out. I mean, it's just, I just look at it and I go, yes, Josh Emmett's got power. But if he wants to get a win here against Yair, he's got to, he's got to at least make him wrestle, make his arms get heavy, make him have to. You know, one of the things that makes MMA what it is is the ability to change from that striking into the grappling and because they both taxed your body in a completely different fashion. You can take, Josh, you know this, you can take a damn, you take Jordan Burroughs, who could wrestle all day long, okay, a Kyle Dake. They could wrestle all day long. Put them in a boxing ring with boxing gloves, and all of a sudden they're getting tired real fast because they're not comfortable. And it's the same thing in reverse. You know, Take a Ryan Garcia, take a freaking Javante Davis, put them in a wrestling room, they're exhausted instantly because they're not comfortable and they don't know what to do. And that's what makes MMA so good because you can put your opponent and they have to work their way through these things and you can put a pressure on them that tax their system and makes them now average where they were great. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Josh Emmett needs to do. Yeah. <coughs> He's going to... I just think that that calf is going to get exposed. He's got a wider stance to set up his wrestling. He throws big heat, so he's got to have a wide base to set down on his punches. And I think Yair Rodriguez is going to work the, the body kick, the tip kick up the middle, the body kick 
And the height of Emmett will play a factor as well because Yair's quick and slick and hiding his punches or hiding his kick behind his punches. Yep. So if I start attacking that calf, I start chopping it from the bottom to the top. He's going to chop the calf a little bit. It's going to make you start switching your stance. Then he's going to start attacking the head on the head kick on the reverse side because you're not used to defending your head from that side. And Absolutely. then in the middle of all of that, he's going to start tip kicking you. He's going to start hitting the thigh, start side kicking that that uh, front that front thigh. Was that the uh, oblique kick? Oblique. Yep. He'll hit the oblique kick. It's just going to be target practice. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to take anything away from Josh Emmett, but he's going to have to take away that he's target practice. He's not as fast. No. Okay. He's not as slick. He's not as slick. If you're going to get into a stand-up battle here, you're going in with one weapon. You got power. And yes, you do. It's not a good thing to rely on. Well, you take a not look against at, a slick fighter. You take a look at uh, when he fought Michael Johnson. He was losing that fight badly all the way up until the very end. Yeah. Because he kept searching for the one shot, the one shot. Now, he got lucky. I wouldn't say it was lucky. He got but it. No, he, got he got it, it. though. Yeah. That's going to be a lot harder to hit against somebody like Yair, who's a little bit slicker, a little bit tighter with his defense, and fights a, a little bit smarter than Michael Johnson did in that fight. And so I, I just, and in a five-round fight, Yair has proven that he can come back from the, the depths of being destroyed. Oh, yeah. We know when he fought Korean yeah. Zombie with that little yeah. up elbow. I mean, he, and that's the other thing, the funkiness of Yair. That's it. Those things will all play a factor in whether Yair gets it done and whether Josh can get it done or not. All right, next fight. Justin Toffa against Parker Porter. Look at Justin needs to, you know, his his style, stand up and bang. Mm -hmm. I will take one to give one. And I think in that style, if Parker Porter decides to, okay, I'll meet you with the, that exchange, Parker's going to have problems. Parker actually yeah. can grapple. Yeah. He can use that. And uh, if he takes Justin down, he can wear him out with it. Justin's super tough. He doesn't give in to anything. He's not going to quit. But Parker Porter can get the win that way. The question is, does he sit there and say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here and trade shots with him? If he does, mm. bad idea, and you're going to walk away, or you're going you're gonna to fly back from Australia with this L following you. Yeah. <coughs> I think Parker's just, like you said, fight smart. But he was one of the first guys that I'd seen in a long time try to use some takedowns. Yeah, he will. And he should. And so, and when he does, he's a lot different fighter than when he when he doesn't use him, you know. And um, I look at Parker Porter; he's going to have to get a takedown or two, at least threaten him a little bit to open up the hands, to open yeah. up the striking, to make you think about the takedown. Yeah. So it gives me that split second delay for me to land those hard shots, try to get you out of there. Next one, Jimmy Crute against Alonzo Minifield. I'm being honest; I really like Jimmy Crute. He's got a hell of a fight here. He's in trouble, in my opinion. Yeah. Alonzo Minifield has really come into his own. He was a guy that was just so strong and physically able to just truck his opponents for a while, and then he started coming up against better opposition, and it didn't happen the same. But he adjusted, and he learned, and he's gotten better, and you watch him in his fights. He has become a much better fighter. And, you know, Jimmy Crute, he's good. I just don't know if he has what it takes to stay with Alonzo Minifield and the athleticism of him. Yeah, I think Minifield's going to be too much for him also. Yeah. He's going to be able to do what he wants. The, the athleticism, the, the strength, I believe, is going to be a factor also. I think he's going to be able to just truck him. Yep. Uh, Tyson Pedro and Bukaskis. Yeah, I, especially at light heavyweight because Tyson Pedro was that guy. He was the, the tweener of the heavyweights, a very small heavyweight, 220, 25 pounds at the most. 
I think at light heavyweight, he's got speed. He's got good movement. He's got range. This is a good fight for him. He just needs to don't allow the atmosphere to yeah. cause him to, you know, implode with not doing the things that he's capable of doing. Because when he goes after people, he's fun to watch. Yeah. Dave, scroll down to the rest of the card, please. Any other fights on here, uh, John? No. I didn't think so. There's really there. not. Jamie Malarkey, he's Jamie tough. Jamie Malarkey is tough. He's fun. Against Prado. Yeah, and Prado's good. Yeah, yeah, Undefeated yeah. at this point. Dun, dun, dun. But there's... Shit. Yeah. Shit. Outside of that fight, I mean, that's really the rest of what I was looking at. Yeah. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk. And, uh, Dave, you got any more news for us? Yeah, well, let's have you guys uh, take a look at this game-bred boxing card that was put together. Um, yeah. And get your reaction to this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my wow. All right, let's 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 go down through it real quick. Anthony Pettis against Roy Jones Jr. I love Anthony Pettis. Anthony, have fun, man. Have a good time. Because it's not gonna end well for you. <laughs> You're gonna find out that you know the elements that allow you to be successful in MMA are gonna be the elements that you wish you could use against Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. And Roy is nothing compared to what he used to be but he's just too slick in a boxing ring for you to be able to get that win. Just being honest. I mean, he is 50-something, right? I don't give a shit. <laughs> I got you. Uh, you know, the fight that I'm interested in is the Jose Aldo-Jeremy Stevens, man. I'm a huge no. fan of both, and I think this is going to be fun. They fought in you, MMA. I what happened? MMA, though. What I'm happened? MMA. What happened? Yeah, but this is with boxing gloves on. Yeah, what happened? John. Body John, shots. Why you got to be so loud? Body shots. <laughs> John. Body I shots. I get it. This is, but then you know, Jose was still kicking a little bit at the time, and yeah, body shots. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with uh, a good fight. You gonna go with Jeremy? No, no, I'm not going with Jeremy. <laughs> okay, no. but no, I'm gonna go. It's gonna be a good fight. It's gonna be a fun fight. They're both boxing. Vitor Belfort versus Jacare. What this do you is think? The one that doesn't make sense. It's to me. horrible. I'm like Jacare has never horrible. been a stand-up guy. He's never no. had great stand-up. It's been okay, it's but decent. not great. It's got it's some decent. power. Yeah. And Vitor is Vitor's a much cleaner boxer. Yeah, you know. But where did Anthony where did Paul? Oh Bailey my come god, from? this is the one that I look and go, Well, Paul, enjoy yourself because it's only a matter of time before the left hook of Paul Daly puts a hole in the head of Anthony Taylor. Look, Anthony Taylor is a good guy. I have nothing bad to say about him. But let's be honest, as a fighter, he's adequate. You know, he's fought in boxing, yes, but didn't do anything with it. He's fought in MMA, fought in Bellator, fought Adam Borch and stuff. You know, he beat Chris Avila in a fight that both you and I didn't think he really won. But, yeah. you know, it was it's like that is just not a fair fight. Paul Daly is going to punch a hole in his head. Yeah, Paul's going to be like yelling, come on, fight me, fight me. That's going to be ugly. So, I mean, look. Masvidal must be doing something right, man, because to get these names on here, where's this thing going to be aired at? I don't know. What's it going to be on, Dave? Um, Let's see. And it's actually, if you want to say a good matchup, is the mm -hmm. Pearl Gonzalez Fight versus Pass. Gina Masny. That's actually a good good matchup. UFC Fight Pass. Dave, that right, will yeah. be streaming on pay-per-view on UFC Fight Pass. All right. Interesting. It's a reason to get UFC Fight Pass right there. I wonder what they're paying these guys. Like, Roy Jones got to be a, a million? No. Nah, yeah. If 
five, let's say five hundred thousand. Okay, so say five hundred. Five hundred thousand. But I mean, okay. why, why would Anthony Pettis leave leave uh, PFL? He's making seven hundred fifty thousand a fight. Yeah. To take this fight, so it's got to be over seven fifty or around seven fifty. It's got to be about. It's got to be that, right? Okay, hold on. Let's. Why let's would you go honest. fight Roy Jones for less than seven fifty when you can make seven fifty fighting guys your size? <laughs> I don't know. And that we're obviously can't tell uh, you. This guy's fucking Roy Jones is fucking nasty. Still fast, even though he's older. And, and this is one at fifty four. Mm-hmm. Like Roy, Roy went the what it was the eight rounds with with Tyson that when they did it. I think it was. You know, for that triller thing, you look and you go, man. He lost. Not, yeah, he lost. I know. I know there was no win. It was a draw, but yeah, but I mean, he lost. You're right. As far as if you were going to score it, but he lost. But he still took those shots, though. He exactly. So yeah. if he can take Tyson's shot, let me see. Can he take Anthony's? Come on. I mean, Anthony's got significantly more power than Mike Tyson. Yeah, significantly. <laughs> there you go. That was my <laughs> attempt to be a troll like Dave. Woo! That was my attempt. Oh man! All right, next. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on the Kevin Lee getting re-signed with UFC? Um, Good for him. Good, Good for, for him. him. That's awesome. I'm I'm fucking pumped for him. And I and know? I'm glad I'm glad that uh, the UFC you know brought him back and stuff. Like Absolutely. he can still fight. Yeah, he's still a talented guy. He's just got to be intelligent in the fashion that he does fight. You know, and <clears throat> and the, be intelligent about the weight class that he decides to fight in. Right now. He's listed at the 170 because of, you know, he had that Diego Sanchez fight uh, with uh, Eagle FC. And maybe he should stay at that because getting down to 155 was killing him. Yeah. So I'd like to see him stay at 170 and let's see what he does there. We'll see, but I'm happy for him, though. Yeah. I'm really happy for him. I'm glad that he um, was able to get back in. He needed it. I think he's managed by Ali. Which is uh, you know, Habib and Islam and all their managers. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that they they were able to pull some strings, get them get him to sit down in front of Dana and be like, Hey, look, we like you. I think they've always proven that they've liked him. He just needs to get it together outside of the cage. Like, what do you want to do? You can't be fifty five, can't be seventy and then you know, and him and Ha, and then be inactive and all these other things. So you've gotta you gotta stay the ground. What what do you wanna do? Tell me, give me the direction you want to go, and I'll invest money behind you to promote you. I think that's probably what they did. They sat him down and said, "Hey, this is what we want to do." And he's and Dana probably jumped on board. Yep. Good for them, though. I'm happy, yeah. man. I'm glad. Yeah. I like him a lot. I've always liked him. He's been. He's extremely talented. Yeah. He's a he's a great fighter. You know, he just I think got lost a little bit there in the middle, and I think he'll be back. He will be back, obviously, but I think he'll I think he'll be on a win streak for a little bit. Good for him. Next. All right, uh, we'll wrap up on this one. Um, I'm at, uh, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano have been confirmed for May 20th. Nice. That's a good rematch. I'll take that all day long. That's a good rematch. Because I thought Serrano won the first one. So did I. I thought that you can say what you want. And I look and I go, "Mm -mm." Amanda Serrano won that. Mm -hmm. Katie had had some moments, but she was struggling in that. And she was in trouble. She got hurt. You know, give her credit. But. I didn't think she won that fight against Amanda, so it'll be nice to see it again. They're fighting in Ireland, though, it looks like. Well, Ireland is own. Since, since she uh, got the win, Katie got to say where it was at. That's nice. That's the one where Connor's saying that he's going to 
cover like security and all that remember like the 500,000 in security and all that stuff that he was tweeting out got it I would not pay attention because <laughs> they wanted like... to have it at the um, at certain arena all I know is Connor has a new whiskey coming out with an apple flavor. So oh, that sounds great. There you there you go, Connor. I just just uh, put up your, what, I can't remember what it was did, called. Did Proper 12 his, you, Apple or something did you like see, that. Did you see his um, plug for it? Steve I Jobs did. Though? That was, was so great, wasn't it? It was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. Uh, guys, was guys, who are we kidding, man? Whiskey is not supposed to have apples in it. <laughs> oh, Josh, it looks amazing. I may I even go put, get a I ball just, and know what you pick up. Oh, see, now there goes podcast Dave. Pulling out his mouth. troll card. Yeah, I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> Bro, you guys are fucking disgusting. You're from Scotland. What the fuck is wrong with you? Dude. You don't drink that shit, do you? you don't, Connor McGregor's from Ireland? This is, yeah, these are Irish apples. <laughs> it's Irish apples? These are Irish apples. Do they even? They can't even grow apples in fucking Ireland. It's too damn yeah, cold, it's rainy, nice and, and moppy. And yeah, but shit. that's where apples grow. Yeah, exactly. You guys. It can't be, can't be real hot. You don't know. You don't know, Josh Thompson. Have you guys seen that? There's like that meme where the guy goes, silence, ho. Like, that's <laughs> just that's where I'm at with you two right now. You really? shut your whole mouth. Well, man. I will say this. John John likes to drink some nice whiskey, but occasionally John likes to drink this honey whiskey bullshit. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's amazing. Oh, it's delicious. God. Delicious. When Amanda and I were in, uh, we were all in St. Louis, I think, and you fucking were putting those down, and I, I was like, I drink everything, dude. Good when it comes to God. whiskey, as long as it's good whiskey, I drink good whiskey. I took a sip of that, and I was like, this is the sweetest, nastiest <laughs> shit so I've ever had in my life. It was, it was like, I would say, like, people think Fireball was sweet. That shit was like 10 <laughs> degrees. Oh. Well, I looked at my dis- I got my Discover card report this morning after uh, Bellator this weekend, and I got to say I'm never going with you guys again. <laughs> what are you talking about? I paid for all your meals. No, no, yeah, Amanda. But, Amanda. But who paid for the bar? Yeah, well, Amanda. excuse me. I wasn't with you when you Amanda. and uh, decided to become a lush. Amanda, Amanda Guerra, Amanda Guerra, Amanda Guerra, she, Amanda Guerra. Our number one. She listener. she has she has this thing she likes to do where Order. after she's had enough. She orders everyone else drinks and then walks. on your tab, on your tab. But she orders, hey, she's like, do you want another drink? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do another one. Then she ordered Dave. Dave, you want another drink? Dave's like, oh, all right, sure, I'll do another one. And then whoever else, Nordy, you want another drink? Yeah. And then that goes on my tab or that goes on Dave's tab. <laughs> That's what it was. I was like, this chick. And then she doesn't get herself a drink. So it's like she's really just ordering drinks for everybody else on our bill. And then my kids won't go to college. Nah, you really got to dial that in, buddy, then, if that's the case. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys so much. Hit the subscribe button uh, on our channel. Also, the link down below will take you to our clips channel. We have another channel. We release all the short clips. Hit the subscribe button and the notifications bell on there. Hit the thumbs up on both. We appreciate you guys. Go to WayneAndMerch.com. Pick up some of our sweaters, our hats, our short sleeves. All the new designs are out. We're going to try to put up some more new designs here shortly, hopefully. And uh, thank you guys for listening to us. Take us away, John. Everyone out there, you got that big fight. Islam against Alex. Tell your friends about it. Have them buy the pay-per-view because those guys deserve the numbers and the money. So watch that. Enjoy it. We will talk about it on our next show, and we will see you.